Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, and we are back for a traditional pubcast. Um, I think this episode definitely required it. Couldn't do it um, over over the phone or online. It needed a beer because I couldn't do this one sober. <laughs> but we are sober. But we're joined again by friend of the podcast who's been on maybe about a year ago. Um, Chris, how's things, mate? Good, mate, good. Um, you know, uh, could be better. Uh, actually, is a bit better since Liverpool lost uh, 7-2 to Villa, so that made things a little bit easier this morning. But, uh, yeah, happy to be back on the podcast as well. Well, that was the thing. I, I, we were just discussing then on off air. When I woke up about 7 in the morning after going to bed after United, I saw the, the 7-2 scoreline and I just... Hang on, I had to check the United actually lost 6-1 to check it wasn't all the dream. <laughs> so... Um, while it is a little bit bitter to poke a bit of fun at Liverpool, I am going to take a lot of joy at them losing 7-2. Oh, 100%. Is that right? Now, as we said, it is a back-to-the-pubcast. A lot of the podcasts lately have been online. But um, if you hear shattered glass um, or in the background, I think it could be, I don't know, Harry Maguire in a bar fight <laughs> or Chris has thrown, his, <laughs> thrown his pint at a Woodward lookalike. But... Um, Look, there is a lot to get into, and I think we'll, we might bring this up pretty much every point we make. We're recording this maybe uh, at 12, maybe 14 hours before the transfer window um, closes. So things could change very much. We could be sitting here saying, we're going to sign this player, that player, and suddenly Cristiano Ronaldo's holding up the number seven shirt tomorrow morning. <laughs> we don't know. So it is ever-changing, but a lot of the discussion will be, I think, maybe surrounded far big issues, because I think we both agree, whoever we sign, it's not yeah. going to fix anything. No, exactly. So, um... But we'll get into the game now. Look, losing 6-1, it's bad. There is no doubt it's bad. But I've seen people online say, this is the darkest day in United's history. Now, hang on. Our best, one of our best ever teams died in a plane crash in 1973-74. We were relegated. We've had bad moments before. Losing a football game to a good team yeah. isn't the darkest moment in the club's history. However, post-Fergie, this does have a, the worst feeling in the last sort of 10 years. It almost feels worse than the 6-1 against Manchester City, I feel. Yeah, or, or, or I, I agree. Like I think, um, yeah, you know, it does suck that we lost six one. But you know, people continue on to carry on and say this is one of our darkest days. Yeah, that's a bit of an uh, exaggeration. Um, but yeah, like you said, post Fergie, this would probably be up there as one of the, you know, um, I don't know if you can say dark days, but one of those days that we just think, you know, uh, everything that's going on at that moment with United that's going bad is going It's bad. very much a symbol it, of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, a, it's, it's a massive symbol of what's going on right while now. While 6-1, you look at it, it's a big shock on the scoreboard. Yeah. You can, we can sit here and say, well, is it really a shock? Yeah. Or, like, that's well, exactly. So that's one next point. Like, I was angry, but in, you know, you know, in my head, I just felt this is like, not normal, but I sort of expected it if things didn't go away. Like, yeah. you know, uh, if you've seen like Palace and, you know, the other games, even like when we played um, Brighton, we were pretty lucky there. So a game like that was, you know, yeah, was coming. So, um, you know, it just sucked that it had to happen like that. Yeah. No, definitely. Now we will get into the actual game. We'll try and gloss over the game a little bit. We all know what happened. Yeah. Now, before the game, it's pretty much the 11 everyone wanted. Uh, yep. Bayi came over Lindelof. It's pretty much. Look, we can discuss the midfield in terms of if that midfield works or not. Yeah. But we'll start out the back because that is obviously where the problems were. Um, we've all called Victor Lindelof to be dropped and um, Eric Bailly to come in. Yeah. I don't know who was worse, Eric Bailly or Harry Maguire. I think it was probably Harry Maguire. He deserves huge criticism. He was poor, but I think we'll discuss both of them. Harry Maguire first. Yeah. I think forget the captaincy, forget the price tag. Yeah. His performance and role in the goals. Jeez, yeah, I, he yeah, yesterday he had an ordinary game. Um, uh, what frustrated me more was uh, I I didn't get to see him like the camera wasn't panned on him a lot of the time, which uh, I should just when he let in that I think it was was it the first goal or the second one where he man marked Kane and then when he got uh, yeah, like the foul, the foul the and then the, yeah, it was the second goal he should, he should have stood, he on, should the have stood on the ball yeah. uh, he let it go and then when they went through and scored there wasn't like I, I tried to look at him what he was doing and then I tried to see what his actions were and then there was nothing you know there was no like a, you know try to rally the boys or you know, you know yeah. it was just nothing so in terms of you know being a captain you know it would have been a chance for him just to fucking say, you know, like, I don't know, like rally the boys and say, look, you know, it's my fault, you know, um, should have done a lot better. And then from then on, you could, yeah, it's just him and we'll get to Bay, but him and Bay were just not on the same page. They were just, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just uh, as as my my poor mate said, Patrice, it was a shambles. 
Would you say, as a fellow United um, guy walks into the bar, we're just recording a podcast. If you want to join in, have a cry with us. But um, you're just talking then, um, Maguire, we criticise his leadership. A lot of people do uh, criticise his leadership qualities and him as a captain. However, I can't label that as a criticism of him. It's yeah. not his fault he's been given the captaincy. Because if it's not Harry Maguire, who who's, it? who's captain? It's, it's, not, it's not De Gea. Not De Gea. It's, it's not Pogba. No. It's not Rashford. It's not Rashford. Like, who is it? So Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the uh, decision that um, Oli had to make. Like he said, there's no one in that team that screams out, of Roy Keane, or, or it doesn't have to be Roy Keane, that screams are real leadership qualities. I, the thing is too, um, people will ragdoll on Harry. I think there's a great player in Harry Maguire. Like, I still have faith in him that he can be a top, top defender. Um, it's just, I don't know, you know, whether, which is a sad thing, like whether he can be one for United or what he needs to do to you know, reach that level. But I do think, you know, people will say, oh, you know, things are bad, but I, I, I do rate him. As a, as a player and as a defender as well and I've seen that games you know, Leicester he was awesome for Leicester you know and you know, he's done you know, pretty well at England so um, I don't know I don't know why it's sort of gone on and off uh, with him at, in United but yeah that's something that Oli and, and the, the coaching staff need to sort out whether they may need to give the, I don't know if being the captain is too much for him or I don't know whether they can find another centre back part, but I don't. When people say find another centre back partner, like Sam Bay, I think there's a Bay is a good player as well. It's just well, everyone called for Bay to come in. However, yeah. we all had that fear in the back of our mind that he'd do something stupid. And that I think it was the third the goal. The third goal where we were playing out it. from the back. Yeah. I coach um, girls football in a girls' school from kindergarten to year twelve. Yeah. If a year two or year three kid did that and had four or five options and yeah. chose the option where there was seven opposition players surrounding a player, I'll take off the pitch. And this is Eric Bay, <laughs> yeah. professional football. I, I don't understand what he was trying to do in terms of that pass or what, what he was trying to achieve. Exactly. And it was just a brain stand. Again, not a surprise, unfortunately. Yeah, well, exactly. And that's when people go, oh, why isn't Bay playing? It's because of moments like that. Uh, whether it be like that pass he made or whether defending is awesome. But he can have a brain step at defending, like we were just leaning with his two legs yeah. where he didn't need to, you know. So that one where he did that, stepping on the criticism, he did a great sort of clearance and tackle, but his hands were up. Sort of, I thought that was going to go to VR oh, handball. Exactly, yeah. And then look, it ended up being a great tackle, so I yeah. can't criticise him, but it's just that. Yeah, there's you, just you know something. Going to get. Yeah. So, um, look, at the other end of the pitch, and I was screaming at the TV at this guy yeah. earlier in the match, and thank God Larry's not here. <laughs> but um, Anthony Martial, uh, the, the, the red, don't get into his performance, bad performance all round. Yeah. He obviously didn't have enough time to sort of make things right. But he, his red card, just look, definitely not an excuse. I think we should have been four or five on down at that time anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so we're going to yeah. lose the game, we're going to get smashed. Yeah. But the red card definitely does change things. 100%, yeah. Red I, card for you? Or, nah. or, or if it, okay, if it's a red card for Martial. Lamella's got to go. Oh, exactly. And when you look at it more, Lamella would probably, for me, look more yeah, of a, more of an actual actual elbow. elbow to the front. You know, where it was just a little, you know, love tap to the neck to um, Lamella, and um, you know, because the referee saw it, it didn't go to VR. The referee saw Martial's action, so went and booked him. Booked him, yeah. Surely VR's got to get involved. Well, I, I thought they were. Well, well Marshall got, was standing in the corner cool. thinking, hang on, are they going to call me back? And yeah. I, I thought, surely. Sure or well, if not, at least send Lamella off. Yeah. And again, it's not an excuse. Well, Paul, we should have been a couple of goals down no, at that, that stage anyway. But yeah. um, we're going to now lose Marshall for a few weeks, so we'll get yeah. into Cavani. But obviously Cavani, um, a nice timely arrival. Yeah, exactly. will come in. Now, moving, again, we'll pause. there's no point going over the old ground in regards to the game and the yeah. performance, but someone I want to get your opinion on, because this is definitely a divisive issue amongst fans. Yeah. Social media and the players, the players of, or I don't, I'm not sure which ones, but I've seen a few, so I'm assuming yeah. a handful have, have done this, have come out and apologised yeah. on social media. Now, this is a weird one. A lot of people hate it. Yeah. I am in the ground, well, if they don't say anything, the fans will come out and say, how come... Why aren't they addressing the fans? They need to come out and explain their actions. Yeah. Yeah, but when they do, they need to get off social media and concentrate on the game. So I can see both sides of it, especially fans are very frustrated at the moment. I understand the frustration, but where do you stand on the uh, player I, coming out and publicly apologising? Oh, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, like you know, social media is social media. You know, and it's a lose-lose situation. Like you know, uh, if we you know if we lose a game. If you don't say nothing, and then, like you said, you know, fans are going to go crazy. If you do say something, fans are still going to go crazy. I, I, look, you know, 
are they empty words when they come out there? I don't think so. Like, I know these players will be hurting, you know what I mean? Like, you, none of these players want to come out and lose 6-1, you know, and have a performance like that, you know? And if they... And if they think, fuck, there's no other way I can, you know, sort of express myself to be besides going to social then, you know, like, I, I, I'm not against it, you know. If they want to come and say, apologise on social media, they can come and say it. Um, for me, personally, I, I don't mind it. Like, I like it because, you know, um, at least you get to see that, you know, some players, you know, uh, are really, really sorry. Because, I, I, like I said, they are, you know, I saw Harry Maguire's one, you know, Harry looks like at the top of is like, He'll apologise for anything, you know what I mean? So uh, you can tell for his apology, you know, it's, it's sincere. Marcus Rashford came out as well. Yeah, same as Marcus as well. You, like, the, the, the players, like you said, like Marcus and Harry and all those boys, you know they're sincere, you know. Um, uh, if you get getting hammered and they keep coming out saying sorry, that's a different, probably a different story because you just think, oh, we get it now. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> just go out there and perform, just don't apologise, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it is a weird one, but uh, I'm sure we'll definitely be hearing from a few players um, over the international break. But we'll just, just look, Solskjaer, this debate's not going to go away. And, yeah. and, and rightly so. Look, I've been a big fan of Solskjaer, and I discussed with you on Twitter. I definitely think Solskjaer should leave in terms of, not, not in a bad way, not to get this guy out of my club, yeah. but definitely a change of manager. Um, I haven't spoken to you a few weeks about it, but um, it'll be interesting yeah. to take. But look, it is a debate, Solskjaer in or out. In regards to this Spurs match, what was it? Was it was it two one? We got a Martial sent off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A three one. Two. That was two one. It was two one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the game changes then on that red card. Yeah. Just your thoughts on how he handled the game when we went down to ten men? Because if you go down to ten men against a good team, likely you're going to lose. However, you shouldn't go and lose six one. Yeah. So Solskjaer, whether he's got something wrong and it's resulted in the six one loss, yeah. or it's just been one of those days, I'm not quite sure. But your thoughts on Solskjaer's performance? Yeah. For the, uh, this actual game, I, I just think we discussed earlier um, before the Martial sending off, we were, we were still getting outplayed. Um, so whether we were, we were going to lose six one, four one, three one, you know, we were still going to get uh, goals scored against us. In terms of the, um, you know, how he went into the game of tactics, uh, it's the team. It's, it's the team we wanted. It's the team we wanted, and um, and you know, uh, that first. Um, Penny that we got couldn't got a better start, you know. Actually, I forgot to mention what a start. The first thirty the first seconds, really, brilliant. You know, I mean, I thought, oh, here we go. And, and actually, I thought, oh, we could get maybe another goal, and it'd be a two-nil score, you know. Yeah. You know, fast forward the, the eighty minutes, and then yeah. But um, um, just the whole game in general. So after, uh, before the Marshall sending off, um, they were playing a high um, a pressing game, which is fine. It's just, it meant it left Matt Man. I, there were a couple of times I was just thinking, fuck. It, was, it just took one pass from Kane playing too deep or Son playing deep to someone running. And it was just one on one with Matic. I was like, oh no. That, that's that point in regards to Matic. Didn't, this is not, not, not a criticism against Matic. Yeah. But in terms of the Bruno Pogba combination in a big game, I look at it and think there was a case where Pogba was high. It, it wasn't out of position, but he was high. He found himself high. Yeah. And Bruno was sitting next to Pogba. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, Bruno was sitting next to Matic. Matic yeah. Tottenham playing out. And the ball went sideways and Bruno pressed the ball. Yeah. So he pressed straight away. So he was square, square. with Pogba. And this yeah. ball, just, just a little dink, just played past Bruno. Yeah. And suddenly Tottenham had two players running at Matic. Exactly. And I just think it's very, it's very lazy argument to say, oh, Pogba and Bruno, they're two attacking, you can't play them together. Yeah. But in their natural instinct is very similar. And I just thought that was a clear example where Bruno had to sit, Bruno pressed, yeah. suddenly left, left Matic all by himself. Oh, exactly. and, and, he, and if that's prime, can't take. Yeah. He can't do anything can't about do anything that. Two players running at him, it's yeah. going to be a disaster. So I just think there is a case where, and this could be a Solskjaer issue, definitely, yeah. but playing Bruno and Pogba, which all of us said play Bruno and Pogba. Yeah. But I think it definitely has backfired here. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I think th- that for this game, you could see where. I, 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 you, like we said, that is a team that we wanted to play. But whether Bruno made a, a, a conscious decision for himself to say, I'm going to press, um, that's a different story. Then that's when Oli goes, Look, I told you just to stand back. Or whether that's Oli told him, like, Just well, press. You know, I think, I think that's the thing we don't understand because I, sometimes when, when, what's his name, when he did the sub. Because uh, I think what uh, he did after 3-1 was wait a bit to see what was going on. And then half time, that's when he subbed um, 
Yeah, Bruno. Bruno and uh, Madison, because I think he just wanted to see whether there could be a... a I, think, I think he just wanted some just legs in there. As good as Madison is in that role, I yeah. think the players he did bring on... Okay, Bruno does have legs, but he's so risky with voice. Well, that's it. I think that was... So, so I think Fred and McTominay were just... Because I've been in this position as a player, when you're three or four nil down at half time and the game's over, you're up against a good team, you can't win. Okay, yeah. a miracle you might come back, but it's not going to happen. Exactly. You just need to be that team who's loses four or five four nil, three. not fifteen nil. Because yeah. if you're that team that loses 12, 13, 14 nil, yeah. that goes down in history books. So if you lose maybe six one, okay, it's a bad one, but it gets yeah, forgotten about a year later. Yeah, you exactly. don't want to be that one in twenty years to look back at. Exactly. So yeah. I can see Solskjaer's thinking, just in, let's keep this, yeah, yeah, somewhat respectable. Uh, exactly. Oh, which I, I, with those, when those subs came in, I was like, oh, that's that's those are good subs because they can, you know, it's like I'm um, trying to control yeah. you know, at least some sort of. The only problem was was that like. Bruno it was mainly Fred that he was pressing too many times and then forced Scott to move to a position a bit higher that he didn't have to and which led to the fifth goal because I think they scored like straight five minutes straight after the second half it was just too much too much space in the middle and then as soon as they scored the fifth goal they went back to um, yeah. you know playing you know just, well, just, to, just on that you mentioned in regards yeah. to pressing this is an issue yeah. I have and whether look I put this down to the players, but you can very easily, because I'm a big fan of Solskjaer, maybe I'm not quite looking at it correctly, Yeah. but you can very easily blame Solskjaer for this in terms of the pressing. I put it down, and you look at the goals, Harry Maguire's pulling down Luke Shaw, his mistake, Eric Bay's yeah. mistake. I put it down to individual mistakes. However, if we're looking at individual mistakes in pressing. Yeah. I Personally, I blame it on the player, because I think a player has to be experienced and smart. You're a professional footballer, you should know your surroundings. Yeah, yeah. But you could very easily, I'm not going to do it, but you could very easily make the case, and I wouldn't argue it. You could blame that on Solskjaer given the wrong instruction. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's a, I, I, that's the thing I want to understand. Like, I, I don't really know if it's whether the player is just doing it on his own accord to go. Fuck, I'm just going to press on this bloke. But then that is an issue where you could say, well, he's not playing for the manager. Solskjaer is the problem. Well, that, 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 and that's well, true. And that's that's what I want uh, want to like understand whether if he's not playing to Solskjaer's plan, and yeah. then you know what is that playing? What does that mean? Does he not, uh, yeah. you know, think Solskjaer is the... Uh, well, it goes back to... And I'm not, I'm not accusing the players at, at all of that. Yeah. However, it does come back to when I remember Roy Keane in just sort of the midst of the Pogba Jose Mourinho situation where Roy Keane was saying a leopard doesn't change its spots. They're going to throw Jose under the bus, not yeah. throw Solskjaer under the bus. And I don't think they're throwing Solskjaer under the bus. Yeah. But there is that case where the players maybe oh. whoever the manager is it's their type of characteristics where they're just going to I wouldn't say throw in the towel but yeah or well, that I think so like this uh, this team like they weren't you know throwing the towel like in terms of like you know um, you know come out with subliminal messages but you can see in their performances you know once it's like 2-1 some of them will drop their heads you know there'll be one or two players you know be going you know um, but yeah it's just um I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one. Um, personally, for me, I want Solskjaer to do well at the club, you know. And if he doesn't have like the confidence with the players, um, if he doesn't have, uh, that's another issue. We'll talk to the backing of the board. And if, you know, it's, it's it's just another. Um, you know, it's just a recycle, you know. What I mean? Well, that's the thing. We've, we've seen it all before. We've we, seen we, it before. We know the story, which yeah. is frustrating because we think, well, stop it because we've seen it before. We know what to fix, but yeah, we'll get into the board of the owners. Unfortunately, nothing will be um, changed. Yeah, but um, just uh, continuing on social. Now, I didn't really sit through and watch all the post-match interviews because. I think you're a suck of a punishment if you didn't do, do yeah, sit and yeah. watch any more content, but hopefully you're enjoying this more content via this podcast. But um, Solskjaer's interviews after the game, I only picked up one or two things. I wouldn't say he looked like a broken man, but he has to toe the company line. Yeah. Does that make him a Glazers puppet? Some people say yes, some people say no. If I was the Manchester United manager, I would do what the Glazers want. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. I'd love to be the Man United manager. Yeah. But I did see some things where a lot of the questions were almost what the fans sort of are saying in terms of, what are you frustrated by not bringing any players in until the last day? Yeah. He can't say he's frustrated Woodward and the Glazers. Yeah. Uh, Jose Mourinho had an experienced way of... Of Turner. Of Turner. Not saying anything against the Glazers, but he had his personality. He, he knew that he was pissed off. Yeah. Where Solskjaer, I think he, did, he said, no, I'm, the club are working hard, but you could tell. I just think you, you could see, we've, we've been looking at Solskjaer for God knows how long, for tw- over 20 years. Yeah. He, he's devastated with what's happening. He knows deep down that the club, oh, I don't want to say dying in a bad way, because yeah. we've just spoken before about Munich and players actually have died playing for this club. Yeah. But it does feel, apart when you see Solskjaer, 
and just sort of his reaction there post match, there is a feeling that like, the club is dying, and he knows it. Yeah, the, the the I don't know if you've seen the other interview, the the uh, sorry the pre match interview on uh, Friday, and that interview looked more like you just think. I, I watched that interview and it just, and a lot of the questions from the um, from the journalists were just you know the fans are getting pissed off about transfers. It was all transfer questions, and you could tell in his voice and his explanations like one, uh, and that's when I was like, okay, we're, my opinion that we're not going to get you know like Sancho. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, for future, you know. Reinforcements, it's a hidden, you know, it might be, it might be not. There was no confidence in him, and it just reinforced even more. When I, I did watch the interview afterwards, that he was uh, gutted about, you know, the way that things are running. Um, obviously, he's not going to come out and say, oh, oh, you know, the glazes are this and that. And that, and I've said this, uh, on Twitter as well, like, um, whether you're a Man United legend or you're, a, you know, you, you've coached, you know, you know, countless teams to Champions League, da da da. If you sign for Man United, you know what you're getting yourself in, yeah. and that's mainly with the Glazers. And if you're a coach that gets the best out of us, if we win the Premier League under this ownership or Champions League under ownership, then you are probably the best manager. But until these uh, the Glazers leave, and whoever manager comes in, I just say, look, man, you, you know what you've got yourself into. Um, yeah. not, not really, I don't have sympathy for you, but... At the same time, you know, there's, I'm not going to, you know, cry wolf for you because yeah. the, the managers, not, uh, the, the board don't back you. You knew what you got yourself, you knew what you got yourself into. It's also I would have known, you yeah. know, from the previous managers, you know, they would have not got the backing, they got the full support. So, and, and Oli would have known that as well. And I think Oli thought, you know, I can do something here, which I still hope he does, like, miraculously, if he does a miracle out of this team. But I still think, like... Yeah, like he has a long way to go to. Well, so we're speaking of, and completely agree. Yeah. However, his name hasn't really popped up in regards to sort of reliable outlet yet, but I'm sure it will over this international break. Yeah. Um, Pochettino. Yeah. Look, I don't think they're going to sack Solskjaer. I think uh, an announcement would have been made almost today, like, like in terms of when Mourinho, after the Liverpool match, it was yeah. full time. The next tweet was his departure. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to sack Solskjaer. And, and I agree with that. I don't think that's. Sort of that should be done. Yeah, but it is going to be a story now. Pochettino and Solskjaer. Your thoughts on okay? There's better managers out there than Solskjaer. Yeah, Pochettino because at the moment he's the only sort of name that's free and available. Oh, I, I might get slack for what I, you know. Poch has done wonders for Tottenham for what he did with you know Lee, uh, but I don't think I don't know. I just don't see him. Not any better than Oli. But I don't know what he, what else he could do. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, I don't know what other manager could do more under this ownership. That's, that's the problem. That right? is my case. And yeah. if, if you're a Solskjaer out, that's a valid opinion. Yeah. You, you look deep down. I'll probably agree with you. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to say that because I love Solskjaer. I love. I don't want to say anything bad. But yeah, deep yeah. down, I'll, I'll probably agree with you. He's not the right man for the job. However, what is his job? His job can't be to win the Premier League title because United aren't in that position. Position. Yeah. So we, we can't look at that. But the argument, if you're questioning Solskjaer, you're, the question you'll arrive to is who to replace him with. Because the answer will be to sack Solskjaer, get someone new in. Exactly. However, who do you get in? Do you get a better manager? Do you get a Louis van Gaal? Do you get a Jose Emery? We've done, we've this, done that. We've done this dance before. A yeah. better manager won't fix things. No. We've exactly. had the same problems under van Gaal, Mourinho, and now the exact same problems under Solskjaer. Yeah. Look, the, the players have changed. So it, the players have changed. The managers have changed. The one constant has been the board, board. and the owners. What was that? And yeah. I, I just think... Okay, you can be Solskjaer. Right? Yes, there technically are better managers out there, probably. What's it going to change? Nothing. Uh, and exactly like, and the thing is too, like, um, I don't know. If there will be obviously the people out there. There will be Oli out. Um, and I person for me, I just want to make Oli to you know fucking succeed. And like we said, like, I don't think any manager will succeed under this in a, uh, under this ownership. Um, so whether Oli goes or he stays, or if he goes, like. I don't know, if, like we said, I don't know any other manager, including Pochettino. I think Pochettino will probably have the same thing that um, impact he will have with Tottenham, where maybe, okay, we might get a semi final or final here. But, you know, it'll still be the same problem. He won't get the player that he wants. Um, I, I think that's the thing in terms of the player. I think that is where the problem always, the cycle always comes down to a halt, is 
he might be play fantastic football, but when the Glazers get their objective of reaching the Champions League, yeah. then the investment will stop. Exactly. And yeah. then Pochettino will run into his problems. That's when Jose Mourinho will run into his problems. Yeah. In terms of the, the players you want, we're going to get into transfers in a little bit. But if Jaden Sancho is the man Solskjaer wants, and Woodward's going, well, look, Sancho's a good player, but look, I'll tell you what, I'll get you Saar or Dembele, and it'll be a little bit cheaper, and how yeah. about that? And, okay, they might be fantastic players, we'll get into that, but it's not who the manager wants. If the manager wants to buy seven right-backs, you buy him seven, seven right-backs. Backs, yeah. He'll be the one who will be criticised if it doesn't work out. Yeah. But you have to back the manager 100%. And, and, and this is the thing, like, other supporting, like, other clubs in this sport, they're like, oh, you know, um, um, oh, especially our fans, sorry, like, they say, um, uh, you know, United can't just keep going by we can like you know and we should like if the manager says this guy's not up to my team yeah. I should be able to go say look I want another centre back I want another you know right winger um, if we were like a club of it's no, not against, nothing against Southampton or any of those clubs I can understand you know we're not a big club uh, we do our best at that. but we're one of the richest clubs if not the richest club in the world with, you know of all these sponsors all this money and yet we can only get Donny and maybe now like Cavani and Tellers besides maybe Donny two other players that probably weren't in Solskjaer's plans but they were just plan B because you know um, the board are just tight with their money you know well, well plan B is I think is an interesting part in with transfers which we'll yeah. get into in just a sec but going back to the game and I made this point a couple of weeks ago when the season started we would do our best for three two ones for three two one voting for individual <laughs> yeah. games, we said unless we lose five or six nil to someone, yeah. bit two weeks later we lose five <laughs> or six nil to someone. However, I still think it's quite fair. We're going to scrape the bottom of the barrel, but in terms of keeping some consistency, and I don't want to sort of take away someone's three points just because it's a bad game and yeah, they, yeah. They, they lose out on their three points at the end of the season. Yeah. So I'm, I've got three names come to mind. I can maybe you can maybe put these in order if you want, or throw yeah. any more shouts. Our best part, I thought maybe Mason Greenwood until he yeah, went off. Yeah. I, I thought Greenwood looked sharp, trying to do the right things. Yeah. A, a thankless task being the left winger at 10 men against a, against a good team when yeah. you're chasing the game. Yeah. I thought he had nothing. I thought Marcus Rashford did well. Not not great, but showed a bit of fight. You can't ask, I don't think any of the centre-backs or yeah. any of the midfielders. And well, I say one of the midfielders, but came in, come on in the second half, Scott McTominay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Just look, none of these players deserve 3 2 1 points, yeah. but in terms of if I had to scrape the bottom of the barrel, in terms of I thought Scott McTominay, look, I'm not, I'm not celebrating losing 6 1, yeah. but I think if that midfield didn't change and someone like him didn't come on who just shouted at people and just had that intensity and aggression, yeah. could have been on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah. I'm going Greenwood, Rashford, McTominay. Who, yeah, oh, I'm 100%, especially with Greenwood. You, like, you don't want to throw Maguire in there for a shout? Uh, <laughs> Mate, if there was a minus one, two, minus three, yeah, I'll so chuck him in there. Start, start taking points off. Yeah. Well, leading the player of the year votes at the moment, Larry will be um, keen to know one matter is leading the vote. And hey. he, actually, he actually got player of the month. I think, yeah, and I'm so happy he got it too because... Um, and look, I think that's a sign of where the club is at if he's getting it. However, <laughs> yeah. he, name a player who's actually... Okay, his performances have come in the League Cup, yeah. albeit. But his performances have been good in there. And can you compare the performances in the Premier League by other players? Yeah. I think one had a deserved player of the month in, oh, ter- oh, in terms of performances. Yeah, in terms of performances, like um, he deserved it, and then I don't think there's any you know, player that deserved it even more. Um, you know, he's been solid, like you said. It is like cup games and that, but it doesn't really matter. You rock up, you turn up. Uh, I've seen Pogba play cup games, and he's been awful. You know, uh, I, I think mean, I think I've once seen... under Louis Van Gaal, United ran their goal of the month competition, and United didn't score the goal <laughs> with uh, an under twenty three's goal. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, yeah. So. Some people might get on. Might think, uh, "What are you on about?" I mean, hindsight's a good, great thing. But in that game, I would have put, probably put Mud in that game, and I would have probably put him at right wing, and just left Greenwood on the. I tell you who I think yeah. along the same thinking. Who I would have thought, and again, this is not to go beat Tottenham, which should be the objective. Yeah. But if we had the option off the bench. Halfway through the first half or at half time, although Dan James, no, not from an attacking point of view, just from an energy point, yeah, energy tra- point of view, tra- tracking, yeah, tracking um, making those runs down the sideline and that. Um, uh, yeah, it would have been. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it would have made. It, I don't know. Enough about this. We've just depressed ourselves enough. <laughs> but we'll move on. And look, this is a topic. Again, we could do a whole podcast in terms of the Glazers and Woodward. But I just want your opinion. We talked about a little bit on Twitter. Yeah. 
We all know the answer. Get rid of the glazes. Well, first, get rid of Woodward and then get rid of the glazes, whatever way you want to put it around. Yeah. That is the answer. The answer we're not going to come to that answer. That is never going to happen. Yeah. In terms of just your basic opinion, again, we could have a three-hour discussion on it. What can be done to put pressure on the Glazers? Is it just simply results in the Glazers will start losing money, or is there actually something you think the fans could do? And look, at the moment, okay, it's a hard one because technically 70,000 fans aren't there. Yeah. But let's just say 70,000 fans are in the ground yeah, next yeah. week and everything's back to normal. What can be done to force the Glazers Yeah. Well, I don't know what more can be done because um, I, I despise those. Uh, I, I despise them. I despise Woodward. Um, and like you, like you, like I don't. For me, I, I don't know if there's anything you can do. Like there was a protest, a massive protest, like a decade, a decade ago, and that really didn't. It, well, I they, think it, it did. Like that, one of them had to come out. I think it was Avram or Joel. Well, well been, there was protests when they took over in '05, and then the, yeah. which we're here with a few fanzines, United fanzines, United We Stand fanzines, yeah. um, the Green and Gold protest in 2010. Yeah. Uh, which gathered a lot of momentum uh, maybe a little bit before social media sort of really took off which um, yeah. it'll be interesting if that took off now yeah. but yeah, the, the Glazers know United fans are pissed off that's the thing yeah. they know we don't want them it hasn't changed anything from them the, the, the thing is I don't think they care or not whether uh, whether we, we you know hate them or whatever the only thing they will care about is what uh, the money side of things so um, you know, if it affects them, you know, selling whatever merchandise or whatever, um, you know, if it affects the sponsors and they, you know. But with Woodward there, the sponsors seem, and maybe, maybe with performances and results, maybe dropping over the next, whether you say five, ten years, maybe okay, that will affect. But at the moment, United are still raking in cash. Cash in, yeah. Well, the things I do not get with them is, you, you have one of the best. I hate to say, you know, as a product, you have one of the best products in the world. Why don't you spend more money to get more money out of it? You yeah. know. And it's just, he's just, obviously, and everyone knows, you can see it, like, he's just penny-pinching, like, okay, I won't spend this much money, but we'll still get the, the money from the sponsors, you know, a ton of money, so I don't have to, you know, outspend, you know, and get more inside for the Glazers and that. Um, so in terms of what do we do, um, I think more voices on social media, like, you know, uh, and I think they've come out. Like, do, do, you, do you think United, though, can do that on social media in terms of this... Look, social media is a toxic place. Yeah. Yeah, but United fans, such a global fan base, millions of, people, millions of people active on social media, everyone has their own opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, maybe there's maybe maybe seven or eight in terms of popular opinions, in yeah. terms of I want this manager, I want this owner, I want this director. Yeah. Do you think, ever think United fans online could unite? Because it is could be so powerful, Yeah. but it's so divisive at the same time. Well, mate, uh, you look at, like, uh, if, you, if you look at, you know... With Premier League clubs, like what other fan base have like done that sort of thing? Like you know, well, the, or like you see Arsenal struggling, and they've like they'll probably have one of the biggest social media, yeah. you know, and then they've you know they've gone out and said, and I think they've you know had one or two not with, I think they may have. I don't know who the um, I don't know. I, I remember Arsenal fan TV talking to one of the board members or yeah, not board G- members Gazidis yeah. he's over at Milan now. Um, oh, okay yeah. so you know that got some you know response but did that make them any better no yeah. so in terms of what, what we can do even if we do a collective you know it's going to obviously one it's too hard to get everyone on the same you know thing um, so I, I don't know I don't have any solutions like, I, think, I think and again this is not going to happen and it's not a solution that would fix things yeah, exactly, just, just yeah. one thing off the top of my head what would help and again won't help and, and I know people from both sides of the fence and they'll never work together but in terms of the United Stand YouTube channel full time which is now Stratford Paddock yeah. um, YouTube channel you get United We Fan United We Stand fanzine you yeah. get the Man United Supporters Trust yeah. all of them don't, don't have great relationships with each other but you set them all down in a room yeah. put a camera in front of them put their differences aside get it well, they can fly me over they can fly me and Larry over yeah, yeah. we can moderate the debate or yeah. discussion as a, as a neutral party exactly and I'm sure you get those voices together because I'm sure deep down all, all, of, all of those parties all agree we all have the same desires the same outcome exactly but we all have different ways of going, out, going about, going about, it, about yeah. it and it's just not working so yeah. I think that is the, not the, it's not going to fix anything but I think that would maybe get some type of ball rolling I, that's, I'm glad because I like I said I have, I, I've got no other you know, I just think it's a, not a lost cause, but um, anything to do with the Glazers, it's, it's you know it's hard. But in terms of that, like getting all the fan channels together, 
which is a great idea, and then possibly getting a Evra or Rio on. Well, I think they're starting to get very vocal now. Gary, yeah. Gary Neville, Gary Neville and them, Evra yeah. on Sky Sports. Yeah, or did you see Evra yesterday? Yeah. It broke him down, so you, know, you could tell, like, the, the players, like, they never used to say anything, that, yeah. but now they've just, like, they've got to a point where it's... Yeah, definitely. Well, we are going to now move on to transfers. I'm checking Fabrizio's, uh, Romano's Twitter page as we go. Um, as I say, by the time you listen to this, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, things may very well change in regards to players. It looks like Skriniar won't be moving to Tottenham. He's going to be staying at Inter Milan. Right. But I'm sorry, guys, there's another centre-back. We're not going to be <laughs> But um, on to transfers. Um, look, by the time you listen to this, I am sure Cavani and Tellez will have been announced at some stage. Um, it looks like both have passed medicals. Um, who do you want to start on in regards to that transfer? We'll go to Cavani because that came out of the blue. Yeah. This is a weird one. I think the player is very... And look, it's timely if Martial's out for three weeks. Cavani can slot right in. Yeah. I think Cavani is a very good player. It just makes no sense. If he was a free transfer, which he was a free transfer, if he was on Solskjaer's list... He would he, have been there. He comes in day one. Not yeah, day yeah. 99 of the... Well, I'm not sure how many days are in the transfer window, but yeah. not on the last day of the transfer window. Yeah. So this reeks... While I think it's a good addition, we can discuss the wages and his length of contract and his age, the player. I think yeah. the player is a good addition to the squad. Yeah. It just makes no sense. I don't think he was on Solskjaer's list. And that comes back to you have to back the manager. I don't think it's someone who Solskjaer wants. No, I'll, he'll accept him, given the state we're in. Yeah. But when he was planning his vision, I don't think he had Cavani leading his line. Ooh, exactly. I, that, for me, 100% it's a panic buy. Like, it was the last minute. And I, it's not Oli's buy. I think um, there were lists that they had given. And then... Um, because he was on a free. What makes this even more of a panic bite is because um, uh, Porto didn't want him. And if Porto didn't want him, that means, okay, then, and like you said, if Solskjaer wanted him, he could have got him like six, eight weeks ago, you know? Yeah. So this, for me, it's a panic buy. Um, as a player, I think he's a good player, you know? Um, I've always made the case, and a lot of people disagree with me, and I didn't have it as a priority. Yeah. And look, Martial, Martial's a better footballer than Cavani, and I love Anthony Martial. Yeah. But there's just something always in the back of my mind, which I think was Solskjaer as well, because Solskjaer definitely wanted Haaland. Yeah. I think Solskjaer wants a number nine. Martial's a fantastic player. I have my doubts. Okay, he did score a lot of goals last season, but a number nine, someone who sort of lives, breathes, and shits goals. I think that's Cavani. I, I, I thought Martial was that number nine, and then after watching... And he, after the um, the COVID break, he was he was great after the COVID break. Yeah, but even still, during the COVID break, I still have my reservations about him because, like you said, I don't think he's an outright. Like, he's just a front forward player. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, a, he'll drop to the left, he'll drop player. to the right, he'll drop deep. Great player, awesome. But I want my striker to fucking bang yeah. in all these goals, you know, from any opportunity that he can get, you know. Yeah. And I, that's Cavani, yeah. you know. Cavani, as a footballer, Martial's better than him. But as a goal scorer, like Cavani's yeah. one of the best up there, you know. Well, it will be interesting to see how it goes. <laughs> a lot of us do have, maybe it's the hairstyle in South America, a lot of us are making a Falcao link. Yeah. Um, no. There's obviously the Sanchez. Actually, it looks like the reliable reports is wage, well, a lot of money. Play won't be too bad. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I don't think it'll be as bad as what it was reported but um, I'm, I'm sure someone from, from the media will be saying he's on 2.3 million a week um, in a couple of weeks when he doesn't score a goal they'll be saying that yeah. but um, look, on Cavani we can say that's a panic buyer and I think we both agree with that yeah. well, I think we welcome the panic buyer given the situation we're in yeah. but someone who I didn't have it a priority at the start of the transfer window but I could kind of see and the left back was always linked yeah. so I can see this being on Solskjaer's list yeah. whether we've got it whether this guy's a first target second target I'm not sure yeah but Tellez looks like he's passed his medical as well, should be announced by the time um, you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much Tellez the player, but just in terms of that left back, left back position, Luke Shaw and Tellez, I think now, I like Luke Shaw. I think so much of our play breaks down in the attacking side of the game from our fullbacks. Yeah. And I think Tellez might walk in the left back now. I, I think so too. I, I like Luke Shaw, but Luke Shaw, we're, not, we're never going to... Luke Shaw, pre, when, he broke his, when he broke his leg, was... Was I reckon he would have gone if he didn't break his leg and had that form going on? One, I think Memphis would have not left because Memphis played the best football under uh, Luke Shaw yeah. before he broke his leg. It was a fantastic three uh, weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those three weeks were the best. Like, I thought this is the future of Man United. And then, you know, both of you know. Um, but yeah, um, I think Tallis coming in will, you know, uh, will give Luke Shaw a lot of competition. And, and I'm not going to lie, I don't know too much about Tallis. Um, I didn't even YouTube the guy, you know, I just went on one on Twitter. Um, he seems like he's more of an attacking 
fullback, which I'll, we do really need. Um, but yeah, like any any competition for Luke Shaw would be great because after Luke Shaw, like Brandon Williams was a great fullback, but he, oh, not great for his uh, potential. He's a great potential for, to be a great fullback, but he's one not a left back. Yeah. And um, so we need someone at a left back. Um, but coming back to the Cavani one, uh, I think with that signing too, and it's a, an assurance signing that if we don't sign Dembele, that means it'll be Cavani and and Marshall on top and leaving um, Greenwood on the wing. Potentially maybe him and um, James and uh, well, wing for now. Well, speaking of Dembele and speaking yeah. of panic signings, again, we mentioned with refreshing in Fabrizio Romano's Twitter page, nothing as of yet, yeah. but it does look like the Sancho deal is off. Yeah. Um, there's no real development. You'd think if something was going to happen, what um, happened to Wilder? we would have heard something maybe yeah. a little bit more concrete in terms of people tracking flights into Manchester <laughs> and, that, and nothing's quite been said there so I think and again by the time you listen to this maybe it's different but at the moment I'm guessing Sancho is off however it does look like Barcelona are maybe trying to force Dembele out of the club and it looks like Woodward is standing there with open arms saying give me give me um, this one the Cavani one I can accept and okay the Dembele one look he's a fantastic footballer but it concerns me this one worries me this yeah uh... This one wants to be because one, Barca don't want him to loan him out. They want a permanent yeah. deal. So it won't be cheap as well. So I'm just thinking, fuck. But let's see, what did he go? He went to Barcelona for 100 something. Oh, it was like stupid. It was like, I think it was, was it the biggest one. And then I think Mbappe took over. It was either 120 one. or 180. One yeah, it was one of them. And then um, he was the biggest deal. And then, like I said, I think it was Mbappe that took over. Or, yeah. or Mbappe or Neymar. Actually, took yeah, over. it might have been 120. Mbappe yeah. was 180. And, yeah. and I'm sure everyone's screaming at their phones now saying, no, you've got the wrong Yeah, wrong I just remember being at the time when he signed the biggest deal. Yeah. Like, you know, I was like, fuck. So, so he's obviously a great player. And yeah. there's no doubt in that. Phil Jones is a good defender on his day. Yeah. Phil Jones doesn't have days anymore because he's just in the, in the treatment room. Yeah. So, but this Dembele one. Look, it comes down to, does the player, would he improve us? Would he improve our attacking options? Yes, he's a, look, he's a very good player. But it's just the hallmarks of a deal that is going to be a disaster. We've seen this deal before. Yeah, at the, one, he's injury prone. The second thing that I, I just made me turn off that deal as well is, um, <laughs> seeing on, you know, I don't know, like you never take a pinch of salt from social media, but I can take, as a player like Dembele, um, why would he come to you? Like, so what I'm trying to get to is he's been forced yeah. you know, to come. If a player's been forced, then fuck, I don't want him here. I, I, think that's, I, mean? I think that's it. If he's injury prone, I can take that risk. Yeah. If he's going to be on 600000 a week, I can take that. It's not yeah. my money. If the player doesn't want to be, be here, here, that is my main concern. That, exactly. And then, like you said, we could have another fucking Sanchez on yeah. our hands, you know what I mean? And then we've paid. And if it's a permanent deal, we've paid yeah. extra well, amounts for him you know you just think fuck I think, I think it comes back you, you crush my back to January where no one was thinking of Gala no one wanted a Gala however with six hours left in the window you think the situation we're in okay we take a Gala yeah. now we're in that last stage of the transfer window the summer transfer window I don't think the, the fans are in this position to say okay we'll take Dembele I think yeah. if it was at the centre back position we'll, we'll t- maybe take that risk Yeah. but um, we've said it all before it just makes no sense and it, co- it falls back on Woodward. Solskjaer will be the one who ultimately takes the, bl- takes the blame and is the one who pays the price. Yeah. But well, Solskjaer is not one in Dembele. It goes against everything Solskjaer has wanted, which we've seen in previous signings. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, like, um, uh, with that, so a lot of people are saying, you know, I think you, you said it uh, earlier, like, um, all these signs won't be, they won't be social signs. So a lot of people are saying, if these are not social signs, Solskjaer should just up and go. I believe and say, look, I'm not going to, you know... Do, do you see that as a manager? Because we also... And I've said that the same thing as well. However, you put yourself in that position, you're the Man United manager collecting that wage. Yeah. It's very easy to say, which we all agree with, if it would be the best thing and a real statement if he just got up and left. Yeah. He's not going to do that. Yeah. And, and rightly so, I wouldn't do it. I'd, I'd be the brave man in the chair and say I would. Yeah. Deep down, I wouldn't. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, <laughs> which makes me laugh because a lot of people see... If you do it, I was like, look... Yeah, as much as he loves that club, <laughs> you're getting paid extra amounts of millions of dollars to coach one of the biggest teams in the world. Like for Oli, who he loves the club, I know. But at the same time, I know in the back of his head, this is a good thing for his resume. At the same time, so if he can ride it out, yeah. like he right, and, and to be to be fair, like let him. You know what I mean? Like he, if he's given the opportunity, then let him do his job. But you know, let him do his job. 
from all angles, including the board, to let him do his job? That's another question. So, you know. Well, on look, I don't think there's much to talk about about Jaden Sancho. I think the only thing we can discuss is the mess that is that it has been. Yeah. I think since day one of the transfer window, um, whether pound or euros, let's say 100, 110 million, 120 million. That's what Dortmund have said. United have said, oh, look, we'll try with 60. No, Dortmund have said, no, 120. Oh, well, how about 75? No, 120. And it's got to the last day where Dortmund have stand firm and yeah. United have gone, oh, geez, they didn't budge. Yeah, they And it's just, look, a lot of players, Gary Neville's come out about Patrice Everett. He was obviously the number one target. The price never changed. We did this to one Bissaka. We tried to haggle them down. We end yeah. up paying what they wanted. Harry Maguire would try to haggle them down. We yeah. end up paying we what they wanted. Well. United will have to pay the asking price, whoever they go for, and this just has backfired completely. And United have been so sort of placed such an importance on positive PR. Yeah, I think this is worse PR. This Sancho business is worse PR, PR. Than, than United losing six one at Tottenham, than finishing eighth on the table. I think this is an absolute mess. Yeah, which highlights everything that's wrong with the club. Oh, exactly. Um, and links that Sancho a bit as well. Um, like again, we never know what goes on, but you might put on Oli as well to say, Oli might like, Oli would have said, Doc, I want Sancho. If, if Woodward said, Okay, cool, I'll get you Sancho, and say 12, 10, 10, 12 weeks later, and then they've gone with an offer or there's like some sort of offer, and then they're sort of and they've got a word back from Dom and said, Nah, it's this, this, that, then it would have been up to the, like, the coaching staff, especially Oli, to say, Okay. If it by week six, halfway through the transfer, and there's nothing, fuck, can it? Yeah. I want to look for someone else that's around that ability, um, you know, for that, you know, if it's not cheaper, it's just someone around, the, yeah. not the same ability, but someone who can be a fucking really good top-class right winger. Sometimes you can't get... And look, we're Man United. We sit here and say, oh, we should get who we want. Sometimes it's not possible. It's just not possible, exactly. So, yeah, you do have to... A plan B sometimes not... I'm sure some of our greatest signings will never have plan A. No, exactly. I'm sure that happens. Yeah. But it's just... Yeah. And look, I think Solskjaer, maybe... I don't know what... Con- I'm sure Woodward has complete control. But I'm not... So if Solskjaer does have an air of authority or an air of control there, yeah. that probably is a criticism of Solskjaer. Maybe he has hung on too long. Well, well that's what I think. I wanted to know... Like, no one, like I said, no one's going to know... But because it's Sancho and it's a fucking, it's a good commercial deal, yeah. then it makes me think then it's Woodward that wants this deal, yeah. you know, to try get this deal. And, and if he like, really wanted this deal, just pay the fucking money. Yeah. But now you've dragged it out to this long, you've left Solskjaer without an out and out, you know, you've left, you know, potentially he's done more bad than good with the whole PR thing. It's yeah. just, it's... It's a laughing stock right now, so... Well, by the time you listen to this, we, we still hold hope that um, oh. by the time you listen to this, Jane Centre is holding up. I, I think she's coming, so don't... <laughs> <laughs> scrap all, scrap that last five minutes. <laughs> but um, quickly on out before we wrap up the podcast. The, the main one, OK, I think De- Delo has obviously confirmed AC Milan, yeah. a, a basic loan. Um, he's due back at United at the end of the season. Andreas Pereira, though, has gone to Italy as well. De Lazio, that looks like it has an option to buy, so it de- definitely looks like his future... Um, will be in Lazio yeah. um, so good luck to the, both those players this season but the main one I want to touch on which is regarding Italy and again by the time you listen, listen to this you probably know the answer but Chris Smalling it looks like United may be starting a storm Roma are very confident they're going to get him and I think they will however after our performance against Tottenham I'm oh, throwing Chris Smalling in there oh, I, could, I, could, could you see United after that performance telling Roma get stuff hang on we need this guy 100% I, one of my mates messaged me First he said it was a joke, but then we were talking about <laughs> the game the more. He was like, I'd, I'd bring Smalling back. I'd, I've been saying it for a few weeks, yeah. a few months probably, even last season, I was saying, it's not ideal, but given if we're not going to go buy a centre-back, I'd rather have Chris Smalling. Oh, exactly. Well, yeah. I, but, then, you, but then the case, it, was sorry to it yeah. comes back to, we talk about new signings, do they want to play for the club? Look, Chris Smalling, who's given us great service, but if he wants to leave and we're forcing him to stay, that's the same thing. That's the same thing. Bring him in, so. uh, exactly. And I think he even said it himself like a few weeks ago. He definitely wants to go. Yeah, he definitely wants to go. And he said, look, um, uh, the club are going... He said himself the club's going different directions, da, da, da. Yeah. So I, I need to, you know... So you can't tell a player, look, uh, can you stay? Because uh, I think our defence are shit now. So <laughs> could you? he's like, mate, you know, I've already had my mind, you know, set and, you know... Yeah, no, look, uh, look, look I, like, I want Chris Mullen to stay from a player point of view. Yeah. However, I, I fully back his, his stance in terms 100%. of wanting to move on. Uh, exactly, yeah. I think he's done very well for United yeah. over the years. And um, they're fair play to him. Look, well, I do hope the best for United... From a personal point of view, I do hope he gets his move. Yeah, 100%. Because he does deserve it. He's yeah. done well in Italy. Now, that just about wraps up um, the podcast. It's been an intense one. 
I'm broken down a sweat. Need another beer, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. And uh, it was back to a traditional pubcast because I think this one would have been a little bit tricky to do over Zoom because yeah, um, it was very emotional this morning. This morning. <laughs> as said though, waking up and seeing Liverpool did lose. Uh, here's one. What's worse, United losing six one, a ten man United losing six one to Tottenham, or the champions of England losing seven two to relegation candidates Aston Villa losing 7-2 to relegation for you know back in, at least we you know <laughs> played a decent team they played you know a one man team and Jack Grealish and I think Jack Grealish maybe could have been in shout for our 3 2 ones. Oh, yeah it could be you know for, you know, for showing that performance and trying to cheer us up so mm. but uh, well first of all thank you for coming down and having a chat oh, thanks for having you me and um, hopefully everyone enjoyed the podcast a little bit longer this week but obviously needed and um, hopefully everyone's listening to this over a little bit of good news or good news I'd say positive news over maybe one or two sign-ins um, but we will be back on Thursday Australian time to obviously dissect the whole transfer window and maybe go into Tellez and Cavani and talk about how, embarrassment how embarrassing their announcement videos were if they're playing pianos or guitars or we'll get into that but hopefully everyone enjoyed it so please subscribe on your podcast app we're on Google Podcasts now as well um, so whatever podcast app you're on um, please subscribe all over Twitter, Instagram and Facebook if you can share, like and just any interaction on those pages really does help the podcast grow so we do truly appreciate it and we'll be back on Thursday to um, discuss the results of this transfer window and yeah, hopefully everybody then little... Sancho signed and uh, ready to go <laughs> fingers crossed but, um, thanks Chris for joining us and chat to you on Thursday cheers thanks